The Vape Passion Show, episode 102. So it's been a while since I've done a show, and honestly, I wasn't sure when I would do another one. I just don't really have the time with life and school. And recently, I've been doing these Day in the Life episodes on YouTube, and those have sort of replaced the time that I I had for podcasts. I don't cover the news or anything in those, so they're easier to produce. But I just kind of share the things going on in my life, fun family events I go to, and of course what I'm vaping on. I don't know if anyone really cares about what I'm doing in my daily life, but my intention behind those are to show the lifestyle of a vapor uh, with a family. And this is the life that vaping has allowed me to live to enjoy life with my family without smoking. So anyway, yeah, if that type of thing sounds interesting to you, uh, go check them out. But as to why I'm here doing this show today, so I've decided to move my podcast files to a new hosting company. And during this whole process, as I'm looking at all the episodes that I've done, I just got the urge to do another episode. And actually, on that note, you might have gotten some notifications in your podcast platform of new episodes because the new host didn't import all of my files and I had to manually re-upload the last three. So I'm sorry about that if you thought that you were getting some new content, but hey, here we are today and now you're getting some new content. One of the biggest reasons for my absence is that I'm taking classes in accounting. I have zero interest in accounting and I absolutely hate that class, but it's a requirement for my, my business marketing degree. But these classes are taking up all of my time just because they're so hard for me. And I'm actually, I I just passed my last one with a perfect A, but it's been a lot of work. And now I'm in managerial accounting, so my lack of time will continue for at least another two months. I have no idea what I'm registered for in January, but hopefully it's not accounting. So yeah, that's cool. I wanted to mention to any of you out there who uh, run blogs or YouTube channels that I've set up a community for content creators on Triber.com. That's T-R-I-B-E-R-R.com. And the, the idea behind Triber is having creators come together to share each other's content. I don't know how well it'll work for vaping because there are practically no vapors on that platform, but I wanted to set one up anyway and just see if there was any interests. I, I certainly wouldn't mind sharing other people's content as long as it's good. But yeah, if you're interested, go to triber.com slash tribe slash vape. So what games are you all playing lately? I've been playing a ton of old school Legend of Zelda, and that's because I wanted to be Link for Halloween. It was actually a costume that I saw on sale last year after Halloween ended, so I've known that I was going to be Link for over, well, about a year now. So my daughter loves watching me play video games but she hasn't seen any Zelda games before, so I wanted to introduce her so that she would understand who I was going to be for Halloween. Well, she became obsessed with Link. She absolutely loves him. I started with uh, The Wind Waker on the GameCube, and I think that was actually perfect because the game is very cartoony, and Link is a little kid, and that's totally different than any of the other Zelda games on other platforms, and a perfect introduction for a four-year-old. So anyway, she made me play this game every single day, which is fine with me for the most part because I love playing games. I don't think my wife cared for it that much, but yeah. So my daughter then turned me into a a sort of imaginary friend and started talking to me as if I'm Link. And now I'm all the characters, like Zelda, Ganon, Epona, the horse, and even the Skull Kid. But Link is still her favorite. So yeah, I beat Wind Waker, and then I played Twilight Princess, 
and Skyward Sword, and I beat all of those in maybe a matter of two or three months. And now I'm playing Ocarina of Time from the Nintendo 64. I tried playing the original version on the NES, but it's just a little too old for her, I think. It's just too blocky to hold her interest. But yeah, so I've been playing a, a ton of Zelda. I personally I'm ready for something else, but my daughter isn't, so I'm assuming that I'm gonna have to get that new Breath of Wild game next. I actually I don't have a Nintendo Switch. But my brother let me borrow his Nintendo Wii U, which I, I guess they made Breath of the Wild for too, so I'll have to try finding that. So yeah, that's my gaming life right now. Oh, and I wanted to do a shout out to a good friend of mine who has started his own little side business. He's an amazing artist who puts awesome artwork on white Nikes and white hats. He actually just completed a, a pair of shoes for a, a well-known porn actress named uh, Sasha Hart, which is pretty interesting. I've never heard of her, but supposedly she's pretty popular. Uh, he goes by the name of Wise Guy Customs on Instagram, and you can check him out at instagram.com slash wg underscore customs. And I don't know what he charges, but he's just getting started, so now might be a, a good time to reach out to him and hopefully get a good deal. Alright, well let's talk about vape stuff. So I've been getting a lot of stuff to review lately, so I've been pretty busy with new products. Well, some old too. Some company sent me some old stuff too, but I'm fine reviewing that. But I, anyway, I just published reviews for the Geek Vape Amit MTL RTA. That's a good one. Uh, it's uh, It takes a little bit of work to build, but once you get it, the flavor is pretty good. And then I reviewed the Ogvape Skynet sub-ohm tank, and that one is also very good. That's a brand new product from Ogvape, and um, it's like any other mesh sub-ohm tank on the market. It is a mesh tank. Nothing crazy about it, but just really, really good flavor. And then I did a review of the Mimic eSig system, so that's just a regular SIG-alike system, old-school SIG-alike. And um, nothing really special about that either, except for that it's, um, well, compared to the SIG-alikes I've had in the past, it actually works very well. A uh, pretty good amount of vapor, and uh, it's really cheap at $15 for a kit. So that comes with uh, the battery and the charger, and maybe two cartridges, I think. I can't remember. But um, what I really like about Mimic is that they have a ton of flavors. Their cartridges, little cartridges, um, come in a bunch of different flavors, and they're all really good. And I was really surprised at how good those cartridges are. And the Arctic Dolphin Elux kit, so that's a, just a really tiny... Uh, portable device. It's a little tiny box mod and it comes with a, a also a little tiny I think it's a 19 millimeter tank and the tank is okay you can get by with it you'll probably end up wanting something else but the dolphin itself is a really nice little mod very simple to use very easy to use uh, not a lot of features well no features really except for you can change the wattages uh, between six different levels you can't actually change the wattage but you can move up in levels and it, it works very well and it's so tiny I, I really ended up liking that one and then the digiflavor lip uh, pod vape so that one is a disposable device and the thing I don't like about it is the price. It's a little expensive. I think it was $25 for three, something like that, which I think is a lot, um, a lot of money for something like that. Um, also, the first one that I opened, it was auto firing right out of the box, right out of the package. So I threw that one away. And then uh, the second one that I used, it worked fine for a while. Maybe I used it uh, halfway through and then that one started auto firing. So I think those have issues with auto firing. If it wasn't for that though, they were really good. The flavor was really good. The throat hit was perfect. And um, the draw, I mean, 
it, it was it was a very nice setup. If it wasn't for those auto-firing issues, it would have been really nice. And then the Inakin EQ. So that is a, it's another mouth-to-lung device. Um, it's what everyone is coming out with these days. And that one is, is also very nice. It has a bit of a more open draw. Um, so not really mouth-to-lung. Oh, it is mouth-to-lung, but it's a more open mouth-to-lung. And um, that one has been really nice too. I, I've enjoyed using it. It works very well and it looks nice. And then Steeped E-Juice. So they're a company out of the UK and I reviewed them before, but they, uh, so what happened is that uh, they got robbed, I guess, twice, I think, and uh, pretty much shut down their business for quite a while. Then they got back in business, finally, got back on their feet. And um, then they reached out to me and asked if I would do some reviews again. And um, I actually wasn't very happy with my original reviews of Steep D Juice. Um, I, I thought they were good, like my thoughts were accurate, but I didn't like um, how they came out. Some of the audio got messed up because I was doing them in different places. And uh, at one, for a couple of them, my mic wasn't working. So I just wasn't very happy with them. So I decided, sure, I'll go ahead and do some new reviews. So I did. And um, yeah, just as good as they were before. It's a, one of my favorite brands, actually. I wish they were here in the US. I hope they, they can make it out here eventually. But um, one of my favorites from them was called Quick Shake. And it's like a, I forget what it is now, but it's like a, uh, like a custardy vanilla cookie. And that one, I've never had anything that tastes like it. It is really good. So if you live in the UK and you can get get it and you get a chance to try that one, get it. And now I'm currently testing the Aspire Breeze 2 and uh, another mouth to lung vape, uh, pod vape, pod device. Well, some people say it's not a pod because it does have replaceable coils, but it works like a pod device. Um, it's designed for, I, I think it's more designed for high nicotine e-juice. And uh, that's how I've been using it. And I love it. It's one of my favorite uh, pod style devices yet. It just works really well and the flavor is very good and uh, and looks really nice too. And then the iJoy Diamond VPC kit. So um, that is a, it's a it's more of a, a very portable device, a portable box. And that one also, I think it goes up to 35 watts. Can't remember off the top of my head now, maybe 45, but it's very tiny. The battery life works good. It's a uh, 510 compatible. So any, any, you can put any atomizer on there. And, um, it comes with a VPC tank and uh, the tank, it's like, that is the pod. It's like a cartridge, but it's looks like a regular atomizer. It's round and um, it has a uh, replaceable pod and uh, that works good too. The flavor is pretty good. It has a little bit of spit back that I've noticed, but what's really special about that atomizer is that it comes with this insert. So you can put uh, other pods in there and um, they configured it, the, con the contacts within that atomizer to uh to connect to most pods for example it works in the the miley i believe um and it definitely works with the jewel i've already tried that and one other one i can't remember and maybe some other ones too but i think that's really cool that you can actually use other devices pods on that system so that's a really cool idea and i'm also testing out the vaporesso revenger tc kit so that's an older device i think it came out about a year ago um it it's it's a very it's a very typical device. It's a box mod and a, a tank. Uh, the flavor from the tank is pretty good. It's not comparable to a mesh tank, but it's still pretty good. Um, the the Revenger itself, the device is, yeah, it's just a, a regular box mod. Uh, has a lot of different features, temp control and all that stuff. It's very light. So yeah, there's some good things about it. Um, I've been testing a, an e-juice called La Manufacturer, and this is something that someone sent me a while ago, and this is a tobacco vape from uh, Paris, from France. 
I don't actually, I'm not sure if it's from Paris, but it is from France. And um, it's a very good mild tobacco vape. So I've been enjoying that so far. And uh, Verdict Vapors, they sent me their, uh, well, I don't know about their whole line, but they sent me a bunch of e-juices. And everything from them is really good. It's, it's all really sweet stuff. So if you like sweet e-juice, check them out. And um, I always tell everyone this about Verdict Vapors. You can get five, uh, I think it's 10 mil bottles for free. If you live in the U.S., um, all you have to pay is shipping. I think you can actually get it for free no matter where you live, but you do have to pay the cost of shipping. So if you live outside of the U.S., the cost of shipping is its just not going to make it worth it. So, But yeah, definitely go check them out. They're really good. I've also been testing the Ogvape Druga, the Druga Foxy 150 watt, and also very, very basic. There's really nothing special about it except for that it has this... Um, uh, quick release 510 so um, you just push this button you have to untwist the atomizer a little bit uh, maybe a quarter of a turn and it, then it pops out uh, nothing too crazy about that but it, um, something that one of my subscribers mentioned tony is that um, something really cool about that feature is that you can actually position the airflow holes if you get that you put your atomizer on there and then uh, use that quick release you can position your airflow holes so that um the, it shoots out to the sides rather than in your face because you know some of us some of you guys out there like to purge and um, when you purge it shoots into your face depending on the positioning of your atomizer and there's no way to adjust that on most devices wherever it, it ends up that's where it ends up but with this new quick release you can actually position that a little bit so that's really cool and um, also uh, another cool thing about that is um, even if you don't purge it's cool because you um, sometimes you might get spit back from an atomizer out of those airflow holes. I know I do, and especially with higher wattage RDAs, uh, sometimes it spits out of those holes, and it'll get on my face, like on my chin or on my on my lip. So you can position them outward so that you don't have that happen anymore. Other than that, there's no other features. It's just really basic, but it looks so nice. So yeah, I would go check that out too. And then I'm testing the H Cigar Axopod. Actually, I'm about to, I'm just about done with that one. I'm ready to to record the review and publish it. That is just a, it's like a jewel. It's like a, a, a little vape, flat vape, and it's small from H Cigar. It looks really nice. Um, the, it works very good. The flavors are strong. And um, I don't know, I, I think that's about it for that one. I do like it. The EH Pro Bachelor X RTA. So this is an older one sent to me from Bybest. Uh, they, they're usually the ones who send me some older stuff. Sometimes they send me some new stuff. Usually it's older, but I don't mind. Um, the Bachelor X is an RTA, a rebuildable tank atomizer. Works pretty well. There are some issues with the deck. I'm not a big fan of the deck because you actually have to remove the post screws entirely to get a coil in, and that makes it really easy to lose those screws. But once you get that thing wicked right and coiled right, it the flavor is very very good. So I have been enjoying that. I when I the first few tries with my wicking and coiling um, with my builds, I wasn't a big fan because I couldn't get good flavor out of it. But finally, I I found the right the right wicking and it just w wicks really well and the flavor is good so i have been enjoying that now and then lastly the artery pal aio kit so that is um it's kind of like the billet box if any of any of you have heard of the billet box uh, it's it's basically like a copycat of it uh, minor differences um from what i understand the billet box is still way better um i've never used a billet box they're just a little bit out of my price range so i probably probably never will but um the artery pal is it's nice um the designs are really nice. The um, what else is there? The the airflow is a little airy for me, 
So if you do like airy airflow, um, then you probably like it. But yeah, it's a it's it's one another one of those high neck devices. But um, it's a pretty cool pretty cool t uh, device. And then I have a few on my list that I haven't even opened yet. So I have the Geek Vape Alpha Sub Ohm Tank, the Vape Fly Pixie RDA, the Freemax Mesh Pro, and some Fresh Farms E Liquid. So yeah, a ton of stuff lately. If if you guys have any opinions on any of those things, please let me know. Oh, and Bybest also sent me a vape similar to the IQOS heat not burn device, but I have no idea where to get those heat sticks. So if anyone knows where I can order just a couple, please let me know. Or even if uh, if you know of a method of making my own somehow, I don't know exactly how heat sticks work, but uh, I don't know. They look kind of like cigarettes soaked in VG or PG or something. Um, I don't want to smoke anything, but I'd be open to rolling my own uh, with, with like some quality tobacco and just soaking it in VG or PG. But yeah, if you if you guys have any thoughts on that, I'd be happy to hear it. All right, well let's get into the topics this week, starting with a quick tip from In the Mix podcast. So this one was from a while ago, but this is about how to make DIY for 20 or ganja flavored e-juice. So listener of the DIY or Die podcast asked if anyone knew how to make a good weed or ganja flavor. Wayne, who I'm guessing hasn't smoked weed in a really long time, uh, he mentioned TFA's Mary Jane. But Skittles Ninja said, no, don't use that because it tastes like pine needles, not weed. Concrete River, on the other hand, seemed to have a great answer. So he said to use Flavora's Yakima Hops and Flavor Arts Reggae Night. Flavora describes Yakima Hops as having a crisp, aromatic pine note with a citrus and fruity base. If you look up some of the flavor notes from other people, it looks like it's mostly true, but to get a little more specific, it has similarities to hoppy IPA beer, pine needles, and weed. And Concrete River mentioned that one of the compounds in hops, in real hops, is actually related to cannabis, and, and that's why this one works so well. And I looked it up, and it's true. Hops and cannabis are, are like closely related cousins. It turns out that hops can actually be smoked, to produce a sort of mild high too, a head high. So that's crazy. You won't get high from vaping this flavor though. And then you have Reggae Night from Flavor Art. Flavor Art doesn't describe this flavor in any useful way at all. They just say that it's the quote, funniest flavor of all, end quote. Supposedly due to the composition of this flavor, you need to shake it up really well before using it. Um, it'll also add a slight blue hue to your e-juice, so just in case you're wondering. Concrete River said that Reggae Night by itself isn't good, but it has a grassy juniper flavor that adds an earthy taste to a mix. I've seen people say that both of these flavors have a sort of earthy weed taste, so my guess is that if you put them together, you get a more realistic weed or ganja vape. I probably won't be trying this because, I, I don't know, I'm just not really that interested in vaping a weed flavor, but if you try it out, let me know and I'll make sure to add your notes to my YouTube video or uh, my website for other people who are interested. Alright, moving on to the next topic, so the vaping convention circuit closes down. So this is a little bit of some old news, but the a very well-known vape convention, VCC, just announced in July that they will no longer be hosting any vape conventions and will actually be shutting down entirely. This was announced by the owner, Kevin Skipper. So his reasoning for it is that there are simply too many shows right now and that not enough businesses are registering to exhibit anymore. So basically, there's just not enough money coming in to keep the VCC convention circuit going. So it's really sad news to hear this because VCC has been around for so long and Kevin Skipper, he's a very important voice in, the, in our community due to all of his help with advocacy efforts. 
So I think that our community lost a great convention there, but I hope that Kevin Skipper still sticks around and, you know, helps and participates in advocacy efforts with, I don't know, another convention or uh, other events. I'm sure he will. All right, moving on to the next topic. So South Park makes fun of vaping. I'm sure by now that you've heard that South Park has tackled the issue of vaping recently in episode four of season 22, and that aired a couple of weeks ago. Can you believe they're in season 22? Damn. Anyway, if you're looking for this episode, it's titled Vape on This, and you can watch it for free on their official website, southpark.cc.com. If you haven't watched it yet, you might want to do that first because I'm probably going to ruin it for you here. So it goes like this. Randy Marsh finds out that kids at the school are vaping and he gets so upset about the direction society is moving that he decides to uproot the family and build a farm out in the country. Being that they live in Colorado, of course, it's a weed farm, which he names Tegrity Farms, which is country talk for integrity. So vaping continues to grow back at the school. Everyone from the kindergartners and older are doing it and it turns out that Cartman and Butters are their suppliers. And their supplier is your stereotypical vape douchebag. Now get this, and this is pretty funny, and it might be a crazy coincidence, but I don't think it is. So this stereotypical vape douchebag looks exactly like Vapor Joe, complete with black clothes, do-rag, tattoos, and a mech mod hanging from a chain necklace. Now I don't mean to say that people with these characteristics are vape douchebags, that's just what Vapor Joe is wearing in one of his most popular images. It's also the first image that shows up when you search for vape douche in Google Images. So I'm guessing that's what the writers searched for when they put this episode together. If you don't know who Vapor Joe is, he runs a popular deal site, VaporJoes.com, and he created the popular vape forum, VapingUnderground.com. He's been around for a long time, and he does live shows every week. He's basically the vape industry's biggest affiliate marketer, and a lot of people seem to agree that he fits the role that South Park put him in, but I, I've also heard that he's a good guy, so I can't speak to that. Well, Cartman and Butters owe this guy some money, and they can't pay up, so they frame him for killing a prostitute. Okay, so now back to Tegrity Farms. Randy's farm is doing so well that in just four days, Big Vape wants to buy him out. Randy is interested in the deal until he sees this Big Vape executive using a vape, which Randy calls a pussy stick, and continues to call it that for the rest of the show. And this starts a war, and Big Vape buys out Randy's farming neighbors. Randy retaliates by heading to the vape shop in the city on his tractor, where he kicks everyone's ass and blows it up. So they mixed in a little bit of vape culture and weed culture into this one. There were some parts in there too, where Cartman would look at the camera, break the fourth wall, and say things like, did you know that vaping is much safer than smoking? <laughs> Taking a dig at vape advocates, I think. I've already seen that some vapers are upset at the show for the way that vaping was portrayed, but I don't know, I actually thought it was pretty funny, and that's just what South Park does. They make fun of everything. So have any of you seen it? And if you have, what do you think? All right, moving on to the next topic. So vaping residue can transfer between rooms. So researchers at the University of California at Riverside recently performed a study to see how far the vape particles and chemicals travel away from a vape shop. The lead researcher, Kareen Kakturian, stated that the scientific community should keep up with these new products to inform users, non-users, and especially people who do not know that they are being passively exposed. Okay, so I have to comment on this part. Kareen said that the scientific community needs to keep up with these new products. I don't disagree with that. I think one of the biggest problems with vape studies has been that researchers are using old, outdated products, usually at high wattages, which results in burnt wicks, and, and then they wrongly assume that there are bad byproducts of vaping. But I don't know what Kareen is implying here. It really depends on what she means by her statement, but by the general public, a statement like that would be taken way out of context. For example, someone not in the know would assume that 
products are changing constantly and so are the chemicals, but that's not true at all. My second complaint here is that she says vape products need to be tested to properly inform users and non-users of passive exposure. So this statement, again, implies something that would be clearly misinterpreted by the media. And we've already seen several studies that show that secondhand exposure to vaping is not an issue. There's a study from 2013 that shows no evidence that exposure to vapor is associated with health risks when compared to workplace exposure standards. There's another study from 2013 led by researchers from the Roswell Park Cancer Institute in New York, and they found that indoor secondhand exposure could expose people to small concentrations of nicotine, but not to any tobacco-specific combustion toxicants. In 2015, Public Health England released a report titled E-Cigarettes, an Evidence Update. And that's the one that we're all familiar with. And in that one, they pointed out four studies that looked at nicotine exposure from passive vaping. They found vapor had eight times less nicotine than cigarettes, and that nicotine residue on surfaces in homes of vapors were 169 times lower than from smoking, and that the levels were negligible. Then a study in 2015 from the Institute of Environmental Assessment and Water Research in Catalonia, Spain, looked for 156 volatile organic compounds in vapor and found nothing that they considered to be a health concern. Dr. Farsalinos even followed up on this study by pointing out that the results of that study show that there are actually more VOCs in indoor air and in our normal breath than there is in vapor. Then the Royal College of Physicians and Public Health England's uh, 2016 report on vaping specifically states, there is so far no direct evidence that such passive exposure is likely to cause significant harm. But to be totally transparent, they did say one study has reported levels of polycyclic aromatic hydrocarbons that were outside defined safe exposure limits. But then they followed that by saying it is clear that passive exposure will vary according to fluid, device, and the manner in which it was used. Nicotine from exhaled vapor can be deposited on surfaces, but at such low levels that there's no plausible mechanism by which such deposits could enter the body at doses that would cause physical harm. So with all of these studies, we can see that yes, there is small amounts of nicotine in vapor, but at such small concentrations, there's no cause for concern. We can also see that it doesn't exceed workplace exposure limits, that there aren't any concerns with volatile organic compounds, and aerosol and deposits are so small that it can't enter the body at levels that would be worrisome. Okay, so back to the original study. Corrine located a vape shop in a two-story mall on the bottom floor. Her team analyzed the buildup of aerosol residue in cotton towels, paper towels, and terry cloth towels, which were placed in various places around the vape shop and also in a neighboring shop that shared their same HVAC system. In the neighboring shop, they found nicotine, alkaloids, and nitrosamines in the towels after both short-term, one, four, and eight days, and long-term periods, one month, two months, and three months. And they also said that concentrations increased over time. For the towels that were left out in the mall hallway, there were no detectable traces of nicotine. I do think that this study brings up some valid concerns in your home. For example, your vapor is probably traveling through your HVAC system to other rooms of the house, where it might be building up. But is it building up to the point where it's a health concern? I find that very unlikely, but I do think that it's something that people with kids might want to consider. Let me know what you think about that. All right, let's go to the next story. So vaping is becoming more common among low-income groups. So the University College London recently published some research on October 11th showing that vaping is becoming more common among lower socioeconomic groups in the UK. Previously, vaping was more typically used by more affluent groups or people who are better off financially. So this study was funded by Cancer Research UK, and it looked at a population-level use 
of vaping devices, and that includes both vape pens and higher powered devices, usually referred to as vape mods. On a monthly basis, and over the course of the last four years, beginning in 2014, University London, UK, reviewed household surveys of smoking and smoking cessation of more than 80,000 people in the UK aged 16 and up. They chose 2014 because that's around the time when vaping really started to take off. What they found was that from 2014 to 2016, most users were considered to be of affluent socioeconomic status. Lower income and disadvantaged groups were about half as likely to vape during these two years. Then a shift began to happen. In 2017, the gap between these groups no longer existed. If you're interested in the numbers, um, I'll put that in a blog post separately or maybe I'll even add them to the description. I just don't want to rattle off a bunch of numbers and bore you. But of all these surveys from all the people they looked at, they then looked at the usage of vaping products and gave them each a social grade based on their occupation or housing status. That study found that vaping increased in all socioeconomic groups, but one noticeable outlier was that it increased by almost double with disadvantaged long-term ex-smokers. And there are some very positive things that we can get out of this research. First, it's known that lower income and poverty-stricken people are more likely to smoke. They are also more likely to smoke more often than other smokers. So these are the groups that have needed access to vaping the most, and now it looks like that they're actually getting it. Another big positive from this research is that we see that long-term ex-smokers are switching to vaping instead of returning to smoking. If you're a former smoker, you probably know that the desire to smoke lasts a really long time. Other research says that it takes about two years before the desire really starts to drop off. And for some people, the desire can last for the rest of their life. So to quit after a year and start smoking again is crushing, but with access to vaping, lower income and, and really all people of socioeconomic groups now have a better alternative, at least according to this current research. So this is great to see, but with one caveat, this is data from the UK, which has openly accepted and promoted the use of vaping to help smokers quit. The US and other countries, they haven't followed suit, so the results are probably very different. But if other countries and localities open their eyes to this data, hopefully they'll see what's possible. All right, and the next story, we're going to talk about how Florida has banned both oil drilling and vaping. Now, this is a weird one that you might have heard about already now that the midterm elections are over. But Florida just passed Amendment 9. And this is one of those really weird amendments that combines two totally different things. So Amendment 9 proposed a ban on offshore oil drilling and also a ban on indoor vaping. Now, of course, a lot of people are opposed to offshore oil drilling for environmental concerns. So whether or not they agreed with the vaping ban, if they wanted to vote for the oil drilling ban, they had to also ban vaping. And they did. So now vaping indoors in Florida is illegal. Obviously, vapors aren't very happy about this, but it doesn't seem like there's anything that can be done at this point. Honestly, I, I don't know how creating amendments like this is legal. The people who supported or proposed this amendment made the argument that it made sense to combine the two because they were both related to environmental concerns. I think that's a very poor argument, but unfortunately, that's politics. All right, and now here's a big story. The FDA plans to ban flavored e-juices next week. So there has been a lot of talk about this in recent weeks. The FDA is expected to ban the sales of flavored e-juice throughout the country as soon as next week or maybe this week. For now, this is only going to happen in convenience stores and gas stations. The ban will only apply to pods or cartridges, so basically jewel products, and they do not plan to ban open tank system products. They also said that they will allow mint and menthol flavors, since cigarettes also allow menthol, and they don't want to give cigarettes an advantage over vaping. To most of you listening, that probably won't be a, a big deal, since you probably buy online or in vape shops, 
but this is a pretty big deal in my opinion. Hobbyists and hardcore vapors like us are a small segment of vapors as a whole, but for the majority of people who are vaping to quit smoking, will now be left without any flavor options. And there are plenty of towns that across the country that don't even have access to vape shops. Many of these people might simply go right back to smoking. And my guess is that they're starting with convenience stores and gas stations because that's where most underage sales happen, whether it's by the sales clerk or an of age person buying it for a younger person. But I also think that this sets a dangerous precedent for further increasing bans later. So I'm personally against this ban, but what do you guys think? Okay, well that's all I have for this episode. So if you wanna see the show notes, go to vapepassion.com and look for episode 102. You can follow me on Twitter at vapepassion, and I'm also on Facebook. If you like the show, I'd love it if you gave me a review on iTunes. You can also catch the video version of the podcast on YouTube. If you're not already a subscriber, please subscribe. If you wanna get notifications and new reviews or of the show, you can sign up to receive my weekly email on vapepassion.com. And if you have any questions or comments, feel free to email me anytime or leave a comment on one of my videos. All right, I'll see you on the next one.